The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. grace and peace to you this morning. Uh, If you uh, have your Bible and you want to follow along, um, I'm going to be reading from Psalm 30 as we begin this morning. Psalm 30. I appreciate uh, Bobby's words uh, this morning. Uh, Those were um, uh, very thoughtful, and thank you for that. And I want to say that I'm thankful for this congregation. I, I feel blessed to be here, and not just me, but my whole family. And I'm also thankful for all the little ones. I appreciate uh, uh, Ron doing that this morning and hearing their voices. And sometimes people will come up to me after service and they'll say, I'm sorry that my child was loud during service. I so- I'm sorry that my baby was crying. Uh, that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, that's a, that's a sound of joy. And I'm glad that we have little ones making noise because um, without it, we won't carry on you know, to the next generation. So that is a pleasant sound and that's something I'm thankful for. Uh, One other thing is, I I know sometimes we get bombarded with um, lots of announcements when we come here. They're in our bulletin. We make them from the pulpit. And and there's a reason why we do that. Um, They're just not announcements. They're just not news. Um, They're they're things that invite our participation. And so we rejoice with Douglas this week for his decision to be baptized. Um, But we also hear um, announcements that... um, do not bring us joy, that, that bring us sorrow, and um, uh, they invite our prayers. And so before we begin this morning, I want to say just a, a special prayer on behalf of two of our members who are dealing with cancer right now, Cynthia Hainsworth and Loretta Baumgarten. And so let's, let's go to our Father and pray for, for these two ladies. Dear gracious and holy Father, um, we come before you at this time and we mourn the fallen world that we live in. We don't understand why all these things happen. Um, We uh, lament that there is disease in this world and sickness. And we look forward to the day when you will return and all will be made right. But while we live in this fallen state, Father, we do recognize that you have the power uh, to change things. Um, And so we lift up before you this morning Cynthia Hainsworth and Loretta Baumgarten, and we ask you to be with these two ladies that they mean so much to us here um, at this church. And and we ask you to be not only with them, but be with the doctors and nurses um, who are caring for them. We we know that you can work through these people, and and we pray that, that they will be healed. Pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Psalm 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. 
To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This week, uh, many people will spend time thinking about what they're thankful for. And so as we gather around tables overflowing with food, we will offer prayers of thanksgiving for the many blessings that God has given us. And if you take a moment and think about it, we truly are blessed. We are blessed to live where we live. We're blessed to have our needs met. We uh, uh, truly live in the land of plenty. We have more people, or we have more things, more blessings than most people around the world. And so it's easy to be thankful when we have so much. It's easy to look around the table on Thanksgiving Day and be thankful when we have things like a nice home, a new car, a good job, and good health. But what about when we don't have these things? How can we be thankful when life doesn't go our way or, or things don't work out as they should? And this is something I want us to explore this morning. This is the week that we focus on being thankful. And it's pretty easy to be thankful this time of year because we're reminded to do so everywhere we look. And so whether it's on television or uh, when we go to the grocery store or uh, if you're younger when you go to school or if you go to school to pick up your kids, we see things and we hear things that remind us of Thanksgiving. And so it's hard not to be thankful with all these reminders everywhere that, that we go. And most of us probably do a good job of being thankful around this time. You can hear it in our prayers. You can see it in our giving. And so it, it comes across in many different ways. And I'm glad that we as a nation have set, a set aside a time of year uh, where we focus on being thankful. I think that is a, a good thing. But we also need to remember something important. God does not call us to be thankful for just one day or one week or even one time of the year. God calls us to be thankful at all times. He calls us to be thankful in good times and bad times. He calls us to be thankful when our blessings are many and when they are few. In 1 Thessalonians Paul writes this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so Paul is very specific about when we are to give thanks. We are to give thanks in all circumstances. And Paul is someone who knew this well. This wasn't just some saying that he, you know, stuck in a letter. It's something that he practiced. And so Paul writes several letters from prison. And within the confines of his cell, 
He learned to rejoice and he learned to be thankful. And so while in prison, Paul would write things like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you think about it, this does not sound like a letter from a prison cell. These are words of joy and words of hope. And Paul begins by making mention of rejoicing always in the Lord. Not just when times are good, but even when you're stuck in that prison cell, even when things are not going your way. And he's not angry or upset about this, but instead he makes it a point to let his gentleness be known, not his anger. And he believes that the Lord is near and he continues to be, uh, he continues to pray and he continues to be filled with thanks. And all of this leads to possessing the peace of God which passes understanding. People don't know how you have peace in a time like this, in a time in a prison cell or wherever you're at in your life. And we may look at this and we may think, well, you know, Paul's unique. Maybe Paul's just a, a lot better Christian than I am. But that's not so. Because we find others throughout Scripture who learn to be thankful in the midst of difficult situations. Uh, one of those people is Joseph. Uh, Joseph was sold into slavery. And he becomes a slave for several years. And then a situation occurs while he's a slave and he's forced to flee and eventually he's thrown into prison. And so Joseph spent years as a slave and years as a prisoner, but he never became bitter because of it. He never lost the ability uh, to be thankful. In fact, later in his life, he'll say something like, uh, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. He had a different perspective on his life than others had. And so he kept believing. He kept hoping. And eventually Joseph was blessed. And because of that he was able to bless many other people. Why does God require us to be thankful? Why is this so important? Why does it keep showing up throughout the Bible? Well having an attitude of thankfulness allows us to be transformed into the image of Christ. It allows us to see certain things that we normally would not see. And so to be thankful is to be a mature and a healthy Christian. Well, how can we tell whether or not we're thankful? How can we tell if we're doing this? How, how do we measure it? Well, one of the keys is to look at our speech. What comes out of our mouths? Are our words bitter? Do we like to complain? Do we like to grumble? Do we constantly blame others? Or do we find things to be thankful for? In Matthew 12, in verse 34, Jesus says, The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so what 
comes out of our mouths tells us what is in our heart. And a healthy heart is a thankful heart. You know, if we're constantly grumbling or, or complaining, then we have a heart problem. If we're bitter, then there's something wrong within us. Uh, thankfulness is something that does not depend on our circumstances. It doesn't depend on our surroundings. If that were the case, then people like Paul and Joseph would not be full of thanks while they were sitting in prison or while they were enslaved. Thankfulness depends on our hearts. And so what are you doing to condition your heart? What are you doing to ensure that you have a heart that is full of thanks? I want you to notice something else that Paul wrote in Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7. He says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. How do we cultivate this thankful heart that Paul speaks of here, a heart that is abounding in thanksgiving. Well, he, he lists several ways. We do so by walking in Christ. This means living our life in Christ. It means living like him. It means doing the things that, that Jesus did. But that's not all. Paul says that we are to be rooted in him. How can a person be thrown into prison and be thankful? How can a person be sold into slavery and be thankful? How can a person lose a job or, or get sick and still be thankful? It's because they are rooted in Christ. Roots run deep. They ground us. They give us a foundation. Our life de depends on our roots. And so what do your roots look like? Think about it this way. What have you grounded yourself to? What do you cling to? What do you hold to? What has most shaped you into the person that you are today? You know, is it your family? Is it your job? Is it your politics? Is it some favorite hobby that you have? Paul says, more than anything else, we are to be rooted in Christ. That's the only thing that's going to get us through those difficult situations in life. Because Jesus is the only thing of lasting value. We will all experience tragedy in our lives. We will all face times of difficulty. And how we respond during those times will greatly determine the life that we live. And so some people experience tragedy and uh, they grow bitter. They allow bitterness to infect their soul and they will live out the rest of their years as a bitter person. An attitude of thankfulness is so important because it changes our perspective. It changes how we see things. And so gratitude has the power to change our sufferings into blessings. Uh, we see that we're being shaped 
by the hand of God. We're not perfect. And, and when God chooses someone to use in Scripture, uh, what he does is he has to take them and he has to, to mold them. And he does this through the circumstances that they face in their life. And so Joseph was molded into this great leader that God used by, his, by the time that he spent as a slave and a prisoner. Moses was molded by the 40 years that he spent in the wilderness. David was molded as he was running from Saul and as he was hiding out in caves. Even Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Now, no one wants to go to the wilderness. No one likes to spend time in the wilderness. We don't look forward to the dark times in our lives. But a person who is thankful can see these times for what they are. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, writes this. He says, Count it all joys, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so we don't want to face these trials in our lives, these things that James describes here. But someone who has a heart full of thanksgiving experiences trials much differently than someone who's not thankful. Uh, the person who is not thankful is in danger of not making it through that trial. They may get stuck. They may live the rest of their life there. They may never learn anything or be blessed by the tragedy that they've experienced. They may never grow or mature because of their difficult circumstances. That's what James says. One of the purposes here of trials is so that we grow up so that we mature. So sometimes, if you're not able to be thankful during these circumstances, uh, we get stuck in bitterness, we get stuck in sorrow, and we miss out on so much because we refuse to fill our hearts with thanks. Now, we should make it known that, that this is not easy. Uh, we should also be clear that having a heart full of thanks does not mean that we refuse to mourn or we refuse to lament. Tragedy is still tragedy. We don't deny the messiness of this world. The difference is that we don't allow tragedy to have the last word. We believe that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And so God is not the author of tragedy. God does not cause tragedy. He's not responsible for the brokenness that we see in this world. But what God does is he's able to step into it and he's able to transform that tragedy or that trial or whatever we're going to, through into something beautiful. And so in our world, we often praise people who have excelled and who have achieved great things. We, we lift these people up. We recognize uh, people who have pushed forward and who have reached the top. And, and often their stories are incredible. They're, they're remarkable. They are heroic and, and encouraging. And we talk a lot about people who have made it to the top, but one thing we don't talk about too much is that once you reach the top, 
the only way is down. And we've witnessed celebrities, politicians, athletes, and so on and so on, come crashing down. And it's not a pretty sight. Usually, all our efforts are on getting to the top. That's all we think about. And little or nothing is said about coming down. When uh, Peter Hillary, the son of the world-famous mountain climber Sir Edmund Hillary, when he conquered Mount Everest in 2002, he called his father from the top of the mountain. And this was his father's advice. He told his son to be more careful when you come down from the mountain than climbing up the mountain. Because often the descent is more dangerous than the ascent. God helps us to achieve many great things. We cannot climb to the top without God's help. But we need him just as much, if not more, when we come down. When we come down, we're offered a different view. When we come down, we are humbled And it is in our humility that God is able to use us like he's never used us before. There is depth and understanding at the bottom. There is weakness. And we know that it is in our weakness that God often lives and he works. And so when we are lifted high, we miss out on some things. But when we are brought low we begin to see things that we never saw before. When we are high, we're looking at things from the mountaintop. But when we are low, we're able to see things from the foot of the cross. And we look at the world through cross-shaped glasses. And we see things as Jesus sees them. And we're able to be thankful for that which is broken, for that which is weak, because we know that God is able to take brokenness, he's able to take weakness, and he's able to do something amazing through those things. We know his power to transform. We know that ugliness and sin will not have the last word. We know that something as awful and something as cruel as the cross is able to lead us to heaven. And because of this and so much more, we give thanks. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for this time of year when we are reminded to turn to you in prayer and to uh, offer prayers of thanks for all the blessings that we have. But we're once again reminded this morning that this attitude of thankfulness is not just reserved for a day or a week or a time of year. It's something that you want us to have at all times. And even more difficult, Father, we we know that this attitude of, of thankfulness is something that you want us to have not just when we're richly blessed, not just at the high points of our lives, but when we're brought low when we suffer, when we go through trials, when we experience tragedy, because we know that this attitude of thankfulness will get us through and it will help us to
see blessings that we never saw before, and it will help us grow and mature as a person. And most importantly, it will shape us into the image of your son. We pray all things in his name. Amen.